0: The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. Freedom's Disciple, on demand. On the Blaze Radio Network. Before we get to the Middle East, I want to give you a bit of a sense of history of of one nation in, in the Middle East. Um, One nation and one set of people that has been vilified for as long as the world has known anybody or as long as history has been recorded. So I want to just offer a very quick snapshot for you and ask you to close your eyes and just just listen to this as as a story and as history. And and just you may learn something or you may not know about all of this history or how far back it goes. But it's the year 2000 BC, 4000 years ago. And the first Jewish tribal kingdoms in the land of Israel are formed. And they are formed under the prophet Abraham. And he is revered in all three faiths, by the way. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Fast forward to 1000 BC. And King David unites all the, British, or all the Jewish tribes in a single kingdom of Israel. And Jerusalem is the capital. After King David, King Solomon builds the first temple on the Temple Mount. If you ever hear history or you hear the issues of the day, you'll hear about the 10th Mount quite a lot. King Solomon built the first temple there. Fast forward 500 years to roughly about 580 BC. And the Babylonian Empire conquers Judea. And it destroys the first temple. And it expels the Jews to Babylon, which we now know today as Iraq. After about 70 years, some of them return from exile. And the Jews, and around 515 BC, they rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. And they call it the Second Temple. Fast forward about another 200 years to 330 BC, give or take. Give or take a few days. Um, The Greek Empire of Alexander the Great conquers Judah. And after that, the Greek and the Syrian kings rule it. They rule it for about another 200 years to 142 BC. And the Jews finally win back independence and they set up the kingdom of Judea and is ruled by the Maccabee kings. That rule lasts for about 80 years. And in 63 BC, it loses independence to the Roman Empire. There's a non-independent kingdom of Judea and that's ruled by King Herod, which you'll see, which you, if you've read the Bible, you know a lot about King Herod. And we fast forward to the year zero. And there was a famous Jew apparently born around that time. I, 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 can't, I can't find in the history book. There's no mention of this Jew that was born in, in 0 AD. I, I don't know. Can't find him. Don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. Don't know. Um, sorry, that's just me being sarcastic. Fast forward to 66 AD. And Israel fights a war of independence. It fights a war of independence. And in 70 AD... The Romans sacked Jerusalem and destroyed the Second Temple. This battle goes on, and they lose, and then they fight another second war of independence in one year, one thirty-two. It's also known as the Bar kabar Revolt. They have initial rebel victories, and that leads to an independent Jewish state, and it lasts about two years. However, Roman legions mercifully they destroy the revolt. And this causes a lot of Jews from that area to be dispersed. They're all over Europe and and in parts of Africa. The Roman Empire, um, they changed the name of the land of Israel. It goes by a new name. And that name, which is modern day, what you'd know, is Palestinia. It's after the Philistines, who are the enemies of the Jews. This is very key to understanding modern day history. Fast forward a couple of hundred years to around 310 AD, um, the Christian Empire begins to rule Israel and Palestinia. And Christians then call it, again another term which you know today, the Holy Land. So the reason I'm sharing this is because I want to talk to you about the Middle East, but I'm trying to lay a background because a lot of people think History just starts in the last 5, 10 years. But what I'm trying to do by this is to show you a lot of the stuff that we talk about today, the Temple Mount. These are issues going back 3,000 years. Why we call it the Holy Land. It's going back 1,800 years. Around 620 to 630 AD, a person who, again, who you may have heard of, Muhammad, forms the religion of Islam. And he forms it in Saudi Arabia. Just one thing to bear in mind about this time, around the 600s. In this period of time, Israel or, or Palestinian or whatever you want to call it at the time, there are no Arabs living in it at this time. Absolutely none. Go fast forward to about 638, 639 AD. Muslims, Arabs, they have armies and they capture Jerusalem and all of Israel and Palestinia. For the next 300, 300 and 330 years, Arabs rule over the land and rule over the people there. They also, while they're during this time, they build the Dome of the Rock and the al aqsa Mosque. Again, that's very, very familiar if you follow politics of the day. These, these are very hot-button, hot-topic issues. And that's also on the Temple Mount. This, of course, leads to, fast forward to about... 1100 A.D. or just before it, the first of the four Christian Crusades aimed at freeing the Holy Land starts. That all happens. And then from around 1300, the Muslim maimduks from Egypt defeat the Crusades and they rule over Israel and Palestine. Around this time, a lot of the area becomes depopulated and abandoned. There are pockets of people in, in different parts, but a lot of it is, you know, empty. Fast forward another couple of hundred years to 1514. There's a reason I'm saying this. It will all make sense in the next segment. The Turkish Ottoman Empire. If you've read history, these are this is a very key empire. Conquers Israel and Palestine. And it rules for around the next 400 years. However, there's a difference with their rule in some ways. Because during this time, there are small pockets and small communities of Jews all over Israel and Palestine, And they're allowed to follow their own customs and their own religions and their own beliefs. But they need to understand one thing. They are second-class subjects under Islamic law. Fast forward to... Over the next 200 years, obviously history is very hard to tell exactly when, but for the next 200 years, under Ottoman rule, a lot of Jews return in small numbers, in small pockets, and they return to mainly four cities. They return to Jerusalem, they return to Safed, Hebron, and Tiberias. In 1863... Because it takes a while, there was a census, and obviously don't take these numbers, with, with, take them with a pinch of salt, because 1863, the census material, I don't know how accurate it is, or how accurate history has reported it, but there was a census around then, and it showed about 50% of Jerusalem's population was actually Jewish, because of, of the, the small pockets that went back to those cities. Uh, by this time, Israel and, and the Holy Land and, and Palestinia, it's widely known as Palestine. Fast forward another couple of hundred years and this is where I want to really talk to you about focusing on these from now on because I want to talk to you about the Middle East. In 1917, there was a Balfour Declaration, and it was the British Foreign Secretary and he issued the intention to establish a Jewish home nation in Palestine once the Turks, i.e. the Ottoman Empire, were defeated. In 1918, Britain controls, assumes control of Palestine. Becomes Britain British mandated Palestine. You might have heard that in the past. In nineteen twenty, in April nineteen twenty, British Britain and France, those are the key actors, remember these, because I'm going to come back to this in the Middle East in the next segment. Britain and France confirmed the Balfour Declaration. In July nineteen twenty two, the League of Nations, which was the preamble to the United Nations that you know today, fifty-one countries vote to give the UK a mandate to rule Palestine and take steps to set up a Jewish national home there to facilitate Jewish immigration. Some stats for you just to bear in mind around this time. In September 1922, Britain allocated 77% of all the mandated land, that is the land east of the River Jordan, east of the River Jordan, to an Arab state that they back then called Transjordan. You know today as just Jordan. And there was no Jewish settlement allowed in those states, 77%. The remaining 23% west of the River Jordan, which is basically Israel, Judea, Samaria, a.k.a. the West Bank, was earmarked for Jewish homeland. Just to bear that in mind, that is 3.4% from the Turkish Empire lands. The Arabs have the other 96% of it. Just something to bear in mind of statistics, if you love numbers. in Between 1920, a lot of Arabs and past, you know, from 1920 to 1930, let's say, next 10 years, a lot of the Arabs of the area just you know, want to live in peace with their Jewish neighbors. A lot of them, but not all of them. There's a lot of attacks on Jewish communities in mandatory Palestine. For the next 20 years you see a lot of people emigrating to that area because they faced anti-Semitic persecution. You've heard this if you've read world history. This is the preamble to World War II. You've seen it in Russia. You see it in Ukraine. You see it in Eastern Europe. 1933, a year that most people should know, Hitler, that bad guy, horrific dude, took power in Germany. And the Nazi regime systematically strips all Jews of their rights. 1936, give or take, Jews take about, about one-third of the population of mandatory Palestine. One-third. 1941 to 1945, you all know where this is going. The Holocaust. Six million Jews are murdered. Murdered horrifically by Hitler and the Nazi party. However, during this time, people always ask me, John, you, I've heard you use the word Islamic nazi What does that mean? Well, during that time when Hitler was in power, and the world was horrified, the Palestinian leader, the Grand Mufti, met with Hitler. Not only did he meet with Hitler, he expressed support for Hitler. Not only did he express support for Hitler, but he planned to extend the Holocaust to Palestine to quote exterminate the Jews living there and to raise the Islamic troops for the German army. The modern day Islamo-Nazi movement started with Hitler. Obviously we all know how World War II ended. In about 1948 this is very important if you like statistics just to bear these numbers in mind. 1948, 1949, World War II has ended. You have all these the, 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 the area, Israel, whatever Palestine, whatever word you want to call it. Roughly 9% of that land was owned by Jews, and it was pr- purchased privately. Around 21% of that land was owned privately by Arabs. The rest, about 70% of that land, was state land owned by the former Ottoman Empire which is Turkey on May 14 1948 Israel is declared an independent nation an independent democratic Jewish nation the next day the very next day it is invaded by five Arab national armies the IDF defeats this these armies and pushes them back it's amazing when you read history and you read that history. One of the amazing things, if you want, or if you're interested in history, reading about that army is it's very much very different, but it's about the, the very similar to the American Revolution at the start. You have American Israel, both poorly armed, both poorly trained. You know, get going against people who are, and they are both overcome. It's very interesting if you ever want to read it. Fast forward to 1964, the Arab League is somewhat, some, is in Cairo. And again, this is a key actor in the area. And it creates the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO, with the stated goal of liberating Palestine, which, i.e., is wiping out Israel through armed insurrection, through armed struggle, and through war. Fast forward a couple of years, June 1967, Egypt closes the Strait of Tiran, And Egypt, Jordan, and Syria plan a joint attack on Israel. Israel makes a preemptive strike and defeats all the three countries in the Six Day War. Again, this is a term you might have heard the Six Day War. Because of this war, Israel now controls the West Bank, which is Judea and Samaria, the Gaza Strip, the Sinai Peninsula, and the Golan Heights. If you've read, you'll hear a lot about the Golan Heights if you read Foreign Policy. In September 1967, Israel offers its first land for peace which is we will give land back that we, we, just, we won through this war as long as you give us peace. However, that August, Arab leaders said no to peace with Israel, no to negotiations with Israel, and no to recognition of Israel. 1973, the Yom Kippur War. If you know anything about Judaism, Yom Kippur is one of their most holiest sacred days. That October, Egypt and Syria launched a surprise attack. On Israel. The war happened lasted 18 days and Israel won it. Then it starts getting more positive for Israel in the Middle East. 1977 the Egyptian president Sadat addressed the Knesset which is the Israeli Parliament and in 1979 Egypt Egypt became the first Arab state to sign a peace treaty with Israel. What were the deals of that peace treaty? Well, Israel returned over the entire Sinai Peninsula in 1967. It dismantled its settlements and handed over oil rights and tourist resorts. And Egypt promised not to attack Israel. Seems like a very fair deal, don't you think? The same happened in 1994 with Jordan. It signed a similar peace deal with Israel. However, certain people weren't happy about these peace deals. In 1987, the first infinita, I can never say that word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Basically, that is a Palestinian uprising against Israel control. 1988, an organization you're going to hear a lot of going forward, Hamas, a terrorist organization, was founded. The Oslo Accords in 1993. Israel agreed to give limited independence back to the Palestinian Authority, to govern around 40% of the West Bank, which contained 96% of all Arabs. In return, they asked for one thing. Palestinians would stop targeting and terrorizing Israel. Didn't go well. Fast forward to 2000, under Bill Clinton, Israel offers yet another land for peace, 92% of the West Bank, plus all of Gaza, the Palestinians, plus East Jerusalem, to form an independent state. The Palestinians reject that offer. And this starts the second infinita. And this kills about 1,200 Israelis over the next eight years. Fast forward to 2005, big step. There's a lot of discussion about this, positively or negative. But 2005, Israel evacuated all its troops and all Jewish residents from Gaza in the hope of peace. How did they respond? Hamas takes over Gaza. And to this day has launched many terrorist attacks, many rocks atta- rocket attacks, many mortar attacks against civilians from this area. Fast forward to 2007, the Annapolis Peace Conference. Again, Israel offers another land for peace. The Palestinians reject that offer. It was for 94% of the West Bank. Land swaps in East Jerusalem and an independent Palestinian state. They rejected it out of hand. People ask why you have issues in the Middle East. We're going to discuss that coming up next. But while we do, I just want to read something that you need to hear. The Hamas Charter, Hamas, 1988 it was formed. From its preface, Israel will rise and will remain erect until Islam eliminates it, as it had eliminated its predecessors. Article 7 of the Hamas Charter also quotes the Hadith, not the Quran, the Hadith. You might have heard this saying, but let me repeat it in full context. The hour of judgment will not come until Muslims will fight the Jews and kill them. Until the Jews hide behind rocks and trees, which will cry, O Muslim, O Muslim, there is a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. I also quote from the Hamas Charter in Article 13, and I quote, There is no solution to the Palestinian problem except by jihad the birthday i was talking about was the earlier this week israel celebrated its 70th anniversary its 70th birthday it's amazing amazing history so why did i share that this this week well because it's 70 years old and to celebrate it but also to talk about the middle east and the problems we are facing today. Thank you, and hope you enjoyed this short clip from last week's show. If you want more content based around America been an exceptional idea, eternal principles, and searching for self-evident truths, then please subscribe to my show called Freedom's Disciple, which is available for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on The Blaze Radio Network.